0: Welcome to The Good Word Podcast, a sermon podcast from Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Missoula, Montana, a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We follow the Revised Common Lectionary, a series of selections from Scripture for each week in the church year that is used by many Christian churches around the world. I'm Pastor Molly Sasser-Gainer. And I'm Pastor Rebecca Cochran. Thanks for joining us on this podcast. Connect with us in person at 10 a.m. on Sundays. Or digitally at imluchurch.org. We're also active on Facebook and Instagram. During the season of Lent, our theme for worship and other community events is Practices and Promises. This theme helps us explore the covenants, or promises, that God makes throughout Scripture with humanity and all of creation. Each week, we will focus on a different covenant and an accompanying spiritual practice that brings the truth of God's promises into our everyday lives. So this week, the good word comes from Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 7 and 15 through 16. Here, God makes a promise to Abraham to make his descendants as many as the stars and to bless the whole world through him. Here's the reading from the NRSV. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, As for Sarah your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. This is the second week of our Lenten series of Practices and Promises. Last week, we talked about God's covenant with Noah, all humanity and creation. All of these promises or covenants in the Bible relate to each other and build upon one another. So if you didn't get a chance to hear last week's sermon, I encourage you to go just one podcast back on the Good Word Sermon podcast. And you can find that sermon there. This week, we are moving on to the Abrahamic covenant, the promise between God and Abraham. Now in the time between the covenant God made with Noah and this one with Abraham, things still aren't going well. Ever since the Garden of Eden, humans have been trying to build a world by themselves rather than being partners with god which was god's intention from the beginning but like we learned last week from the covenant with noah god does not abandon us god does not abandon humanity or creation no matter how bad it gets god once again chooses one person, one family through which to bless the whole world. Now, when we read the story today, just like last week, we get dropped in towards the end. That often happens with these covenant stories that the covenant, the promise comes at the end. So let's rewind to get the whole picture. This week, we're in chapter 17 of Genesis. So if we rewind five chapters ago in this book of Genesis and 25 years earlier in Abraham's life, and at this point he was called Abram, God made the same promise that we read about today. God promised, totally unprompted. Abraham didn't submit an application or anything that God would make of him a great nation, that God would bless him with descendants as many as the stars, and that all nations of the world would be blessed through him. Now, I wonder if maybe God should have left up the help wanted sign a little longer or solicited at least a few applications Because it turns out that Abram wasn't the perfect guy for the job. Not once, but several times, he reveals that he's not exactly the epitome of a morally upright guy. In the story about Abram, the very first scene is God making the covenant with Abram the first time. But pretty early on, after entering this covenant with God, Abram turns his wife over to Pharaoh to become Pharaoh's wife because he's afraid of getting on Pharaoh's bad side. And years later, when God's blessing doesn't seem to be materializing, Sarai sends her servant in to sleep with Abram and Abram agrees to it. Once again, trying to take God's promise of an heir into their own hands. But, perhaps, this is one of the lessons in this story. Remember, the Bible is a sacred story that helps us understand who God is, how God acts, and how we might be in relationship with God and one another. So then, what does this story tell us about God so far? It tells us that God chooses On God's own accord, imperfect people with broken families to carry out God's plan to bless the whole world. But now, we drop into the story today, and this is the third time that God has made the same promise to Abram. Broken and imperfect as he is. But this time, it's a little different. God asks Abram for some skin in the game, literally, and gives him a new identity from the inside out. We don't always love to tell this part of the story as much, as evidenced by the fact that it literally gets skipped over in most readings. You may have noticed that verses 8 through 14 are missing today. But what God does in those in-between verses is ask the newly named Abraham to mark his body and every other male body in his circle of influence in a very significant way, by circumcision, as a sign of the promise. God promises this incredible thing, That God will use the imperfect and chronically unfaithful Abraham to bless the whole world. And asks in return that Abraham assume responsibility not only to mark his own body, but the bodies of all who are also being blessed through this promise. So going forward, everyone who bears the blessing of this promise has a physical sign of God's promise on their bodies. Now, as Christians, we are not bound by Jewish law and therefore not bound to the terms of this particular covenant. Nowhere does Jesus or the first messengers of the gospel tell Jesus' followers that they should be circumcised. In fact, the opposite is true. The followers of Jesus are told that these divisions don't separate us anymore, circumcised or uncircumcised, male or female, Jew or Greek, slave or free, we are all one in Christ. But. Jesus' famous words that appear in our gospel reading today from Mark chapter 8 help us understand how this covenant still implicates us. Jesus says, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. Jesus came and abolished the old law And gave a new one. Follow me. Live like I do. Do what I do. Love like I love. This is the new covenant and we'll get there in a few weeks in this covenant series. But just like God gave Abraham a sign of the covenant to bear on his body, Jesus gave us a sign of the new covenant to bear on our lives, the cross. I've heard people say that Christianity is a do-nothing religion. And I've seen people who call themselves Christians act like all you have to do is say you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you will be blessed. But that is simply not the whole truth. Just as Abraham had expectations of God because of the covenant, we certainly have expectations of God too. We expect God to show up in our lives, to hear our prayers, to bless us with what we need to live. And God does. So then, just like God has expectations of Abraham, God also has expectations of us to take up the cross, to bear witness in our public and private lives to both the pain of the world and the power of Jesus to restore and heal all things. God expects us to take up the cross, to reject the ways of sin that draw us away from God, and to cling to God's promises and God's faithfulness. So that brings us to our spiritual practice for the week. And I invite you into the practice of contemplative journaling. You're welcome to choose one day or every day this week to sit down with a piece of paper or even the Notes app on your phone, if that's more your speed, and use the phrase, take up your cross and follow me, to guide your written reflection. There is no right way to do this, no particular answer that you're trying to arrive at. Contemplative journaling is simply a chance to be with God and your deepest self in a focused way that you can return to again and again. For those of you listening in the Missoula area, or if you want to join us on our live stream, on Wednesday evenings during Lent, we are having a Vesper service at 6.30 PM. And this week, there will be intentionally dedicated time for trying out this practice of contemplative journaling with this prompt in mind. So if you're able to make it either in person or online, I would invite you to do that because I know how challenging it is to remember to do a spiritual practice and to find the time. So here is this time that is already set aside. The covenant between God and Abraham reminds us of two truths about God. First, that God chooses unfaithful people with broken families to use in God's mission to deliver blessings far beyond what we can imagine. And second, that though God does not ever abandon us, God does have expectations of us to take up our cross and follow in the way of Jesus. So may you seek through contemplative journaling or otherwise, to discern how you are being called to take up the cross and what following Jesus looks like in your life, amen. thanks for listening to the Good Word podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. We also invite you to join us on Wednesdays for a podcast just for this Lenten season called The Language of Lent. You'll find it right here on this same podcast feed on the Good Word podcast. Until then, many blessings to you.